Welcome back to season two of Extra Shot with Alicia Fernandez-Miranda, yours truly, the author of my what-if year, ex-CEO, sometimes intern, coffee-obsessed mom. Extra Shot is part podcast, part talk show, part games, advice, and whatever else my delightful guests and I can cook up for you. My aim is to bring some hilarity, inspiration, and ultimately a jolt of energy to your day. Because we all need an extra shot of something. What's in your cup? Hello, and welcome back to Extra Shot. Happy January again, everybody. I have an interview today that you're going to love. One that's going to help you get through this dark, long, miserable month. It is with a friend of mine, a fellow writer from the publishing trenches, I would say, the brilliant and amazing Julie Chavez. You'll hear in this interview about the first time Julie and I met, including an embarrassing story about me that she only told me now. Was glad to learn that, I suppose. But Julie is just one of those incredible people that lights up every room she's in, and I include virtual Zoom rooms in that discussion. Julie's book is out today from Zibby Books. It is called Everyone But Myself, and it is a beautiful, poetic, completely relatable memoir about what it's like to put yourself last. And I know a lot of you can relate to that feeling. I certainly can. So let me tell you a little bit about her. Julie Chavez is an elementary school librarian and writer based in Northern California. Though thousands of books pass through her hands each month, Everyone But Myself is the first one written by her, and hopefully not the last. Julie lives with her husband and two tall teenagers in a house where, get this, she arranges her books by color. I've never met a librarian who arranges their books by color, but I will forgive Julie of this transgression, if you will because she is so wonderful. Enjoy this interview with Julie Chavez. Julie Chavez, welcome back to the airwaves with me. Woohoo! Sorry, I didn't know if I was talking. <laughs> I also put this podcast up on YouTube because somebody said, oh, it's good for discoverability. And I don't actually know what that means, but I was like, fine, we'll have a YouTube channel. And every time I record, like five minutes before, when I have to go throw some makeup on, I'm like, oh, why am I doing this on YouTube? But it was worth it for that hand gesture you just did. So if you're listening to this, you should turn around and watch it on YouTube to see Julie's awesome, excited dancing. I mean, I like to give the people what they want. So yes, YouTube, here we come. Here we come. So Julie is sitting in the library right now because she is a librarian. She was on an episode of Quit Your Day Job talking about being a librarian. And that was like at least a year ago, more maybe. Yeah? I think so. Yeah. It was a while. It was early days. It was before we both had books out. And now, by the time everyone is listening to this, both of us will have books out. So cheers to us. That is really crazy. That's it's so exciting. That's wild. So Julie's book, Everyone But Myself, is going to be out in January. It's out today, I think, the day that this airs. But of course, we're recording from the past. So ooh, spooky. And I just, I always, I love the story of first meeting you because we were both at the Zibby Awards in 2021. We had just signed our book deals not very long before. And you were sitting there and your husband was there and I was there. And I, at one point, either I said to you or you said to me, one of us was like, can you believe all of this is happening? And the other one was like, no, <laughs> no, I cannot. Would you like a semi, I think, embarrassing? Well, there are two embarrassing elements to this. One is yours, one is mine. I'd like both night. of them. 
great. Okay. So we might edit mine out later, but we can put them both in. Because I don't know if you remember this, because I don't know that we've ever talked about it, but I loved meeting you too. It was, can you believe all this happening? And then, but just you are such, and I know I've said this since then, you're such an effervescent person. I mean, immediately upon meeting you, I thought, ooh, she's going to be a friend. I want to be friends with her. And so that was such a gift. But before we went to the Zibby Awards, my embarrassing thing is I was like a kid. I was like a cracked out child on Christmas Eve. I was so <laughs> outside myself. And Mondo's sitting by me at the bar and he's like, can you get it together? And I said, I don't know. I really don't know if I can. Like I was, he just was kind of laughing at me. And then we got there and we were sort of mingling and you were there. And I can't remember what you were eating, but it fell down your dress. And okay, you had yeah. this super cute dress on. I feel like- 100% it, on brand. <laughs> okay. And I just thought, and then, I mean, besides your natural effervescence, I was like, oh yeah, I'm a chronic spiller. So she and I are meant to be friends. I like to this think of it as saving it for later because <laughs> I would have found that back in my hotel room. And I can't Ooh, say whether or not it made a delicious midnight <laughs> snack, but it might have. I'm here for it. I can't tell you how many times a day I find a stain on my shirt or something. And I'm like, what happened here? I mean, you work around children. So that feels normal. I work mostly by myself at home and I still am in the same situation. (laughs) Well, we can't be good at everything. So this sweater that I'm wearing, if you're watching this on YouTube, you're getting a real treat. (laughs) It says honorary Gilmore girl. It's like my favorite sweater that my second favorite sweater after the author sweater that you sent me that says author. Honorary Gilmore Girl is my second favorite sweater. And it's so faded because I've spilled on it so many times (laughs) that every time I wash it, it like fades a little more. So now I only wear it sparingly. And when I know I'm not going to eat anything (laughs) because I don't want to have to keep washing it and ruining it. Okay. So, well, you got the measure of me from the first day we met. So that's good. You knew. And same, right? It's my own puppy energy that I'm sure came through where I'm like, hi, I'm Julie. Would you like to be my friend? Okay, great. And you were like, uh uh-huh. I actually was like, this woman must have written like six books already because she seems (laughs) so poised and cool. (laughs) But it was was crazy. And it is crazy. crazy. I mean, we were still, we had to leave our masks on at that party unless we were eating and drinking, which is also part of why I think I kept eating because I was like, as long as I'm eating, I don't have to put my mask back on. (laughs) 100%. I was like that too. It's a different world. I mean, it was a different world. And now fast forward two years and change and your book is about to come out. And so I'm catching you at this like really amazing time. So how is the ramp up going? Oh my God, all the lights at the school just went out. (laughs) It's not the school. Sorry. Stand by everyone. Stand by YouTube. YouTube, I hope you're watching this because the entire screen has just gone black. Is it like a motion sensor light? I forgot there are motion sensors back here. I'm not usually in here this So you need other opportunities to dance in this podcast to make sure the light stays on is what you're saying. One million percent. Yes. I need to wave my arms more wildly. (laughs) Okay. Perfect. Sorry. Back to what you were saying. So- you're in this precipice, right? Like the book is going to be in the world soon. Some people have already read it. You've been working on it for so long. So how are you feeling right now? It's, you know, I'm feeling all the things. And I think this is part of my personality. You'll see it in the book. You see it anytime I talk. I'm always feeling both ends of something at once. I am enjoying it. And I have weird anticipatory grief that it will be over at some Mm. point. I have just such joy in that people are reading it. And then also moments of feeling exposed by that, right? It's, And then I have moments of just, this is so miraculous. 
And yet my kids are still doing all their normal things and arguing and giving each other crap and singing annoying songs to me. So, I mean, it's just, it's always everything all at once. And to be honest, that's what I love. And so I think coming into that a little bit more, but mostly I just can't wait for it to be out in the world. I mean, I think I've, I think because it's been a dream for so long, the idea that I will walk into a bookstore and I mean, you know, hopefully I'll walk into a pre-planned bookstore situation because for those of you who have not written books, you know, that can be a real accidental downer. But I think just walking into a bookstore, knowing that my memoir could be on the shelf, that someone could have it in their hands and read it. I mean, that's just, it's a miracle I won't get over. I just think it's, it's so exciting. It's so cool. I have to say, I never get tired of it. And I choose to think if my book is not there, that they sold out and not that it just wasn't there to begin with. So I say, go with that. That's what's up. Okay. Okay, So so I've had the very good fortune to read everyone but myself. Also when it was called Other Names before I got to read it. So can you tell my wonderful listeners a little bit about the book and also about your journey to where it is right now? Sure. So Everyone But Myself is a memoir about a season of my life in which I experienced severe anxiety and depression after I spent too long caring for everyone but myself. I am, this is, I think the main word you'll take away here is relatable. If you are not like me, (laughs) you know someone like me. So they're your neighbor down the street. And I, I love my family I very much have loved, I love being a mom. It fills me with a lot of joy and meaning to care for my people. But because I am achiever, because time is tight, because the world will ask never ending or it's it will never cease its demands of you, especially as a woman, mm-hmm. I ended up in this place where I became really a productivity machine. I had returned to the library working And I basically took 30 hours, popped it on top of my schedule and just kept moving. And I think that's why this is such a relatable story because this is what we do. Moms especially are just so good at delaying gratification for themselves, right? Oh, did you want to sleep through the night? Well, that's over because someone's (laughs) puking their guts out over in room two. So it just, things like that where we we're just used to setting that aside, but there's a there's a consequence to that self-neglect. And that's what you read about in this book, which is I had my first panic attack at the age of 38. I ended up being severely anxious. I lost weight. I had just really a crisis. And then it was, this is the story of how I climbed my way out of that hole. So when did you start, when after the experience did you start writing about it? Were you journaling throughout or oh, yeah. were you- I forgot that part of your writing? question. <laughs> that's, why, that's why I'm here to post you onto it. No, but because I, I mean, some people are like, this thing happened, then I wrote a book and it's fine. But you really have had a journey with this story. So I think- I have. Hearing. I'll try and tell it in a short way, which is not my forte. Even though this is a short book. So, you know, I'd like to point that out as one of its selling points. <laughs> you don't have a lot of time? No problem. You can read this fast. So basically- 2018 is when I experienced my panic attack and my initial crash. I really bottomed out in the tub on Mother's Day of 2018. That was when I knew I needed help. I needed professional help. I mean, and I had kind of been looking, but then, and I had started with the therapist, but that was really where I hit the point where I thought I'm falling too quickly and I need support. So 
That's when I started medication. I was already seeing a therapist, but that's when I sort of saw where that was going to fill in the puzzle. So that was 2018. So by 2019, I really had come back to myself and my center. And I had a conversation with the principal because I was very fortunate that she was supportive and really helped me to keep my job here in terms of encouraging me to not make just a hasty choice, right? right? Because sometimes when you're desperate, you'll pull any lever. And Mm -hmm. so that one felt like one I could pull. So she and I had a meeting in 2019 and she had told me many times before, like, you should write a book because I had been blogging and, you know, people are always so kind and said, you, you're a great writer. You should write a book. And I would always say, I just don't know what the story. Because it's true. You are a great writer. Go on. Well, thank you. So that was a lovely thing to hear, but I would just say, I don't know what the story is because for me, and I think I'm past this now, but I had this idea of if I'm going to add to books as a person who loves books so deeply, it's got to be worth someone's Mm. time. And so, yay, enter meltdown time. And apparently I was like, okay, good. But she said, I told her in that meeting, Shay, thank you for helping me keep this job. Thank you for telling me about your experience because I think this is something that doesn't happen just to me. This Mm -hmm. is a lot of women's experience. And she said, well, that's what you should write your book about. And so that summer, I started writing. I wrote 30,000 words, which is a which is a laughable amount in terms of that's not a finished book. So, but I thought it was. This is how little I knew. If you don't know anything, I'm your girl. Because I sat down and was like, oh, look at me. I wrote a book. And I went to a publishing class at Book Passage, which is in Marin. And the author there gave us all these dismal statistics, but he mentioned a woman named Brooke Warner. And she is the person in charge of She Writes Press. She's one of the founders. And she's also a writing coach. So I email her my 30,000 words and I say, I'd love for you to look at this book. And I'm using air quotes so your YouTube people will get to see this book. And she very kindly wrote back and said, this is not a book. This is source material, but I think you have a story here. And so I started working with her in February of 2020. So there really was kind of a magical time there where I didn't have a lot else going on. Mm -hmm. And even when I do have a lot going on, I'm kind of crazy. So I really worked with her until the fall of that year. But I mean, this was the thing. She came back when she said that source material. She said, okay, so you're going to need to learn a few things about writing memoir, but also just about writing, like learning how to write in scene was something I had to learn. I mean, and I think that's what I never appreciated is the craft of writing. You'll never be done learning about it. And mm-hmm. and also there's sort of this, I was very fortunate to kind of stumble into it because I think if I had known too much, I would have said, oh, I can't do that. Too much, yeah. So there's a gift to being a beginner. Mm-hmm. So I think started with her, I ended up signing with She Writes Press, which is a very well, um, very reputable hybrid press. I say that because there are some out there that are not great that people should be aware of. So signed with them. And in kind of the beginning days of working with them, I found Zibby. I joined her book club and it was like, you know, a little trail of breadcrumbs. Joined the book club, wrote a couple of pieces for her site. And then when she was starting the publishing company, I was kind of at this moment where it was like, I can do this hybrid route, but she was also wanting to see the manuscript. And I thought, okay, we're going to try this. And a hybrid so, route, just in case people don't know what that is. Yep. 
is, is that is where the author is carrying more of the financial burden up front in exchange for larger royalties on the back end. But what you get is distribution, which is key, and a professional team to help you not make the mistakes that would really push you to the side as a self-published author. Okay. So, so it's the hybrid is editorial. between self-publishing and traditional publishing. Exactly. Yeah. And so they are truly wonderful and we're such a wonderful support and they have such a great community among their authors. So it was kind of a decision for me to leave. But yeah, since then I've been with Zibby. This book has had many drafts, many iterations. <laughs> it's had multiple editors. It has had... Everything and multiple covers, multiple covers, multiple covers. Yes, multiple covers. And it is one of the, but I think what's been great is that I have learned so much about publishing and about the process. And so, yeah, so now it is everyone but myself, and it is exactly the book it was meant to be, which is a wonderful feeling. I will say that feels like such a joy to look at it after all these twists and turns and say, oh, there you are. This is what I was, this is who you were meant to be. Yeah. The cover, the first time I saw this cover, I was, I mean, talk about like a relatable image. It's like a woman, she's probably a mom. She's like face down on a chair. Her feet are kind of hanging over. It's just so, we have all, we've all been there. We have all been there in so many times. And I think it is so, one of the things I loved about reading the book in its finished form, or I think I saw, I think I've seen the finished finished, right? Yeah, right. I don't have a physical copy Pretty close. I'm waiting. Yeah, Yeah. Is that, you know, I think we all have this temptation to kind of put ourselves as the unlimited resource, right? Just keep piling it on. Pile it on me. I can handle it. Mm-hmm. I can take it. And we are not unlimited resources. And you tell that story in such a poetic way. I mean, I did want to know, now you're several years on from your experience, you learned these ways that you talk about in the book, and I'm sure you've learned more since then, of how to cope with, to understand where your triggers are and what they are to cope with anxiety when it comes or panic when it comes. How good do you feel you have gotten at sustaining that kind of change you made that comes, you know, sort of at the end of the book period, but like how, how good are you at keeping that going and where do you still struggle? I love that question. So I would say this, I'm really good at it. And the reason is because I know what happens if I'm not. I know what's at stake now. And it is everything, it's just very deep to me. So I think that I am very aware. I'm just so much more aware. I pay much more attention. And I think that's the best part is that everything just starts with a question, right? Of, okay, what do I need here? And asking that question. And so I've gotten really good at that. But so I think... And because we've been through the pandemic, I've been through personal things. You know, we've been through times as a family that have been very, very stressful and things that I didn't see coming, Mm. obviously. And it's given me a chance. I did tell someone the other day, that's one of the joys of having the book come out right now is that I do feel like the things that I'm telling you in this book, those lessons hold. They are still worthwhile and they are still the same things I do. Like our son had a night in the emergency room. And what did I do the next day? I came to work and I found myself not feeling great. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to take a sick day. And I have, I'm very fortunate that I have the privilege to do that. Mm-hmm. But I took a sick day because I needed to be home around. And I drink enough water and I do all these boring basic things. However, 
it's perfect that you asked that because this morning I had a little weird rash on my neck. I was recently sick. Mm. And like, it doesn't take a lot to throw me sometimes because Mm -hmm. I notice a lot of things. So this is a good example where I said, okay, I've got this rash. Whereas before I would have said to myself, gosh, Julie, you're, you're overreacting. This is so silly. As opposed to, you know what? This is a thing that just jams me up. Yeah. So I'm going to do what I need to do, which is, you know, distract myself a little bit, know that this is going to pass. Like, I think learning to be kind to yourself and befriend yourself is such a gift. So I am very good at it, but also I still do it all the time. What advice do you have for people who are going to be reading your story and seeing themselves in the middle part of it, not at mm-hmm. the end? Yeah. Oh, that just makes me... I hope when I wrote this book originally, it was in present tense and I'm so glad that it's not Mm. because it made it too immediate and too, too sad. It is really hard if you are in the midst. So to those people, if you are in the midst of a time in which you don't feel like you, Mm -hmm. number one, I'm sorry because it's, it's just the worst, but you can move forward. You need support. Mm -hmm. So I think getting honest about whether that's professional support, whether it's talking to your partner or your spouse or your mom or your sister or your cousin, the, the people in your life need to know how you're doing so that they can support you and so that you can support you. So I think it's just hopefully people that are reading it that are in that place will see their is another side to that. And that's the space that my sister held for me that whole time. She was the one who told me, Julie, this will get better. You just keep doing the things. So that is also advice I have where it's just keep doing, just keep doing the things and keep asking yourself the questions and yeah, don't do it alone. Don't do it alone. It's such a beautiful story. I cannot wait for everyone to read it. Now, we have a fun little game we're going to play called What's Julie Reading? It's mostly just Julie telling us what she's reading because she is a voracious reader and a librarian. But before you tell me, Julie, what you are reading, and by the way, she's maybe going to get up now and turn the lights on again. <laughs> I just really want enough everyone in that to last know. part of the discussion. You know, apparently not. And I just love that everyone gets a real idea of the glamour of my life. When I say this is a relatable story, I mean it. <laughs> I'm a relatable gal. You gal. are a relatable gal, <laughs> except, Julie, you yes. say in your bio that you arrange your books by color, and you are a librarian who is obviously yes. well-versed in the Dewey Decimal System. So explain to me how this happened, because I know we are going to talk about the books you actually like to read, but I read this, and I was shocked, I tell you, absolutely shocked. Really? Yes. That like, is Not alphabetically, hilarious. not by genre. Not, I'm, I'm just, yeah. Where did that decision come from? Have you always arranged your books by color? I don't think I have. I don't think, I think that's a more recent thing. I think I saw it somewhere and I thought, but I should show you just on my home screen for my phone. This will, if you've ever seen the home edit, uh-huh. those are all by color. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. I'll send by you a screenshot. Color? So that you, yeah, <gasps> those are by color. Okay, well, send so me like, we're going to share it see? with people. They're oh all the red ones. How do you? I know. It's really not that functional. I mean, it is visually very gratifying. It is visually gratifying. Well, and I added a new one, so it's got to go in the orange. But the basically for me, number one, I love book covers. Yeah. And I love, they're beautiful. So I'm always paying attention to them. And I do have kind of a 
I have a pretty good memory in terms of my visual memory. So for me, if you tell me a book, I'm picturing the cover. So it actually makes more sense to me to arrange them by color because I normally know the color of the spine. So that is part of it, but mostly I do it because it's pretty. And sometimes in the library, when we have big sections like A to Z Mysteries is like this or Goosebumps, I'll put those in color order just because they all have the same call number. So I'm not like going okay, rogue. Okay. And I'm not actually doing a lot of genrefication, which some librarians are. So I'm still, I'm. what can I say? I'm quirky. I'm you're a quirky, quirky gal. Yeah, you're quirky. <laughs> well, the jury's out on whether the organizing by color is going to be as relatable as the rest of you. So we'll find out. I can't wait to talk about it. We'll find out. But Julie, before okay. we say goodbye, what is Julie reading? So the thing to know about me is that I am always reading multiple books at once. That's amazing. So I am always listening to a book, reading a book, and usually reading one more nonfiction book. So I'm right now, and sometimes there's some overlap. It gets really messy. But I'm reading right now. I'm listening. I just finished listening to The Rachel Incident. Mm -hmm. I prefer international narrators. So Aussies, Brits, Irish, love it. I can do any of those. Because sometimes I find it more distracting when I'm listening to an American. An American? That's so funny. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, well, I can hear their ticks or kind of what they say differently. But, right. you know, when I'm listening to another one, I'm like, wow, you sound great. You sound I wouldn't so know if you mispronounced this British at all. Person. <laughs> exactly. So I just finished The Rachel Incident. I also listened to Bright Young Women, which was... Ooh, how was that? It's intense. Okay. It is really well done. Mm-hmm. I think people just need to know... I will say the beginning is probably the worst part in terms of it's violent. But then that doesn't feel as much of the story going forward. So, and it's one of those books that has such an interesting scope. And mm-hmm. now that I've done some writing, I'm like, how did she do this? I mean, it's just so detailed. So those two just finished listening to None of This is True, which is shockingly disturbing and also has podcast elements, though, okay. if you're into that. Like shockingly disturbing, but I still loved it because Lisa right. Jewell is master. And then I'm also reading The Burnout by Sophie Kinsella. Oh, how's that? Almost done with that one. It's great. And it kind of dovetails with my book because so much of what I was experiencing is burnout. And so it's cute. And Sophie Kinsella, I've loved since Confessions of a Shopaholic. That was just kind of one of those OG series that you were so excited the new one was coming out. And then I am about to start The Witches of Moonshine Manor by Bianca Murray, who is host on The Shit No One Tells You About Writing. Amazing. All right. Well, that was a selfish question because I want to know what to read next as well. Any books besides your own that you're super excited about for 2024? Yes. I love, I have gotten a chance to read two books ahead of time or two advanced copies recently. One is Hereafter by Amy Mm -hmm. Lynn. Okay. And it's a Zibby Books title. It is stunningly, oh, there's the school bell. bell. I'm just so glad. (laughs) Friends, it's time to go to class. (laughs) Hit the road, everybody. Bye-bye. No, just kidding. We're still going. But Hereafter is really just so poetically written. Mm. I love Marisa de los Santos. She's one of my favorite Uh authors who writes novels, but she was a poet. And so I have this love for the intersection. I think poets just capture a lot of what I feel in life, which is everything all at once, like we were talking about. So her book is gorgeous. And it also marks a really lovely moment for me 
because you'll read about this in the book, there was so much I couldn't read during that time because I was so stressed and I was in pain. And so to read her book now, that is not a book I would have been able to read at that time because her husband did die. And that's what the book is about is her grief and pain. But so to read it and be able to enter that space felt like just a full circle moment for me personally. And then the other one is In a Not-So-Perfect World, which is by Neely Tubati Alexander. She wrote Love Buzz. Yeah. And I just finished hers. It's a romance. And it comes out, I think, in March. It's a real delight. And it's one of those that's like a sharp rom-com, but isn't... Have you ever noticed sometimes the dialogue gets too quippy? Yes. Right? And this is not one that struggles with that. And also the main character is a gamer, which I love. The woman. Dude. Mm-hmm. Game designer. Isn't getting advanced copies of people's books like one of the best things about being an author? <laughs> one million percent. I love it. I just love being in the know. But I will say it has got me drowning in books because I just yeah. think, oh yeah, sure, I'll read that. That sounds great. Let's do it. But yeah, but I want to get my hands on everyone's book, including mm-hmm. any upcoming projects you may have. So just write that in your journal Maybe more on that later. Soon. <laughs> Well, Julie, as always, a delight. You took us through light and dark, literally, on this podcast and figuratively, (laughs) so I'm grateful for that. Your book, Everyone But Myself, is out now. You can get it. You can read it. You can love it. If you love it, which you will, you should tell Julie that you love it because she's wonderful. And thank you. Thank you for coming on. Friend, thanks for having me. I think of all of... I know I'm now going over time, but that's just what I do. But I... (laughs) Of all the things I treasure about this book journey, it is the connections I've made and the friendships I have made, and you are among those. So I'm so grateful for you. And I'm thank doing you for a heart. Me I'm on. doing a heart on for YouTube, and I completely agree with you. You and our friends and advanced copies of other people's books. Amen, sister. <laughs> and that's a wrap on this episode. Thanks for tuning in to Extra Shot with Alicia Fernandez Miranda. A very special shout out goes to my superstar team at Texture Sound for their support. Find out more about what I'm up to, my writing, events, and even the retreat I'm planning in Scotland at my website, aliciafmiranda.com or Instagram at aliciafmiranda. I'll talk to you next week. 